Hey everyone, this is Dave Korsunsky from Data Driven Health Radio. On this show, we look at how individuals are empowering themselves and using data to transform the way they manage their health. We interview the health experts and the scientists that will help you understand and interpret the data. We speak with the entrepreneurs who are building the tools and the technology that are allowing us to quantify our health in novel and powerful ways. And most importantly, we speak to the individuals who are beating the odds on everything from cancer to diabetes to weight loss and general health and wellness. This show is brought to you by Aura. They make a state-of-the-art ring that can track sleep cycle analysis, activity, and recovery. You can learn more about this product at headsuphealth.com Aura. That's O-U-R-A. This show is also brought to you by our good friends over at Keto Mojo. They are making a highly accurate and highly affordable device for testing blood sugar and blood ketones. Check it out at headsuphealth.com slash ketomojo. And lastly, the show is brought to you by Level. They are making a clinical-grade breath ketone analyzer, which measures your level of fat burning and ketosis through a simple breath. You can learn more at headsuphealth.com slash level. That's L-E-V-L. All of these amazing products are integrated with Heads Up Health. They all allow you to quantify your health in novel and powerful ways. So check them out. Thank you to our sponsors. Welcome to our show, and let's get into it. Welcome to Data Driven Health Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korosunsky, and I have a very special guest here today. I'm looking at his beautiful, smiley face, who is coming at us from Austin, Texas, Kevin Ballister. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dave. Pleasure yeah. to be here. This will be a ton of fun. We, we have some close mutual friends who are kind enough to introduce us, the infamous Dr. Grace Liu, not surprisingly. Uh, yeah, so she made the introduction. We've been trying to get this thing scheduled for a while now because I'm, I'm really excited to hear about your journey. And I know you have a, have a lot of wisdom that you can share with other people. And I know there's a ton of people out there who are listening, who are going to hear your message and be able to share it with someone and, and touch their lives in a way that can be very profound and meaningful for them. So thanks for being here, Kevin. And maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you ended up in Austin, Texas what you like to do for fun, and, and then we can dive into a little bit more about your story. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, man. It's great yeah. to be here. So wait, we're not talking about story right now. We're going to talk about... But... We'll get to that. Tell us about All right. you. I'm from Colorado. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the mountains. Yeah. Lovely, beautiful, beautiful Which area. Which town? I, outside of Boulder. Oh, like man, that's really beautiful up there. It, it looks a lot like your yard over there in Tahoe. Yeah. You know, similar vegetation. You're a mountain kid. Sunlight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, it was great. Like, I, I couldn't throw a rock at my nearest neighbor's house. Yeah. But I, in fact, I couldn't even see my nearest neighbor's house from, yeah. like, the perimeter of my house. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And then I turned 18. I'm like, I want the absolute opposite. 
I moved to New York City, Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. I lived in a three-bedroom apartment with 14 guys. Wow. <laughs> insane. I guess and at I the time like, it was awesome. We need a bigger boat. And so yeah. then I lived in a 2,000-square-foot tw- loft with 13-foot-high ceilings Yeah. with 14 guys. Yeah. And I ended up building six rooms in there and, like, learning how to learning how to build out of necessity. It was definitely a little juxtaposition there, you know. I bet it was a blast, though, man. Brooklyn's it was. It was. I went to that for a ton of people, and you're just coming from the small town, and you put your finger in the in the New York City light socket. I mean, it must have been a pretty awesome time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. But then, well, you know, I lived in New York eight years. Mm-hmm. And uh, can should we dive into the story? Whenever, whenever it comes up in, in your personal timeline, just, just drop it in there. Cool. So I'm in New York. I'm bartending. I ended up getting a ground floor duplex and mm-hmm. converting the finished basement into a studio, a recording studio. So, so I had all music. sorts of sound equipment. Yep. And like I studied recording arts. I, I'm super big into music. You can see I have yeah, guitar. a couple of guitars behind you there on the wall. And so I had a recording studio, ended up renting sound equipment to different events throughout the five boroughs. You know, as my mom says, I was living la vida loca. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Sounds fun. And then yeah. one day I um, was on a rooftop and I, I ended up falling two stories from a rooftop water tower, hit the front of my head on the steel scaffolding back on the concrete rooftop. Mm-hmm. I was insulin conscious, rushed to the hospital, put on life support. How old were you? I was 27 years old. Musician, living, living your life, got what you, doing what you want to do, and this happens. You, you know, Jimi Hendrix died at 27. Mm-hmm. Jonas Joplin died at 27. Yeah. Kurt Cobain, 27. Yeah. yeah. So, like, 27 is kind of this, like, magical year. What is it? Saturn, the Saturn returns. Basically, Saturn is in the same place that it was yep. when you were born. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if astrology is something we're going to be tracking. We can get into that. We, we don't track that yet in Heads Up Health, but you've just given me an idea. Right? What if your track is true? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I sustained this brain injury. While I was in a coma, I was diagnosed with a diffuse axonal injury. And if you go online, you Google diffuse axonal injury, you'll see source after source. They all say... Ninety percent of patients never regain consciousness. Of the ten percent, it, it diffuse axonal. Yep. Diffuse means all over the brain. Yep. And axonal refers to the axons. Yep. So neurons Part have neurons. have yeah have this like wire like projection coming yep. off mm-hmm. that where where signals are sent right that are sent through and so it's damage to those wires. And the thing is, when those wires are damaged, there's a chemical cascade that comes and it leads to an enormous amount of cell death. So that's why diffuse axonal injuries just can be devastating, you know. Because the cells are, are, are going to die as a yeah. result or, the, or they've yeah. already died. Well, the cells, sure, but mm-hmm. then other cells because this calcium, this chemical cascade yep. starts exciting these neurons to death. Yeah. Um, and so you have a lot of collateral damage. And so 90% never wake up. Of the 10% that do, most are in a vegetative state. 
and you're in New York. Your, your family is thousands of miles away. My mom got the news, was there within hours. Yep. And she was phenomenal. Yep. And really, I could, I, we, we could slowly go through my story. But if, if we do that, we won't, we won't get to like what we're doing now. Well, yeah. I think what's more important is how you got where you are today and, and right. that journey. And you obviously are, are doing things that have had a profound effect. You're a highly respected contributor now in this field. You and I are speaking at some of the same events, KetoCon, coming up later this summer. Nice. And I know you've got your own podcast around similar topics. So I'd love to hear how you started putting the pieces back together and how you would want to pass that wisdom on to others who need it. Sure. Well, first off, yeah, I woke up. I'm very, very fortunate to have woken. How but it wasn't like the first one was 12 days. Yep. And then and I woke up and I have no memory because what happened is um, I was up for about a week and then I developed breathing problems. Yep. And I was put into an induced coma. Got it. For another seven days. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I woke up and it wasn't like... And it was the second coma that I remember waking up, like very, very foggy memories. And it wasn't like I just woke up and was like, cool, all right, we're good to go, right? Like I, I was, I mean, I was in a really rough state. I was breathing through a tube in my neck, receiving nutrition through a tube in my belly. My left hand was totally flexed inward like that. Um, same with my left foot. It was pointed, it was pointed out. They call it drop foot. And I lost all my abilities. You know, I couldn't even walk or talk. And mm-hmm. well, there's I mean, pictures I'm like this. of you in, in, when you're lying there that, that give an indication of just the type of injury that you had sustained. Yeah. Yeah. So piecing things back together, I mean, there's so much that goes into that. You know, I mean, emotional support, nutritional. Were you someone, Kevin, who previous to this incident had been someone who was very health conscious? Because a lot of people have to learn it because they want to make changes. I grew up in small town Canada eating garbage, and I just had no knowledge or education whatsoever and you learn it over years mm-hmm. so it's were you pretty much starting to learn this stuff as a result or did you have a healthy lifestyle prior to all of the fitness and low carb and stuff like that was it no I, I was a foodie i appreciated really good food i mean i worked in the restaurant and bar industry for years and yeah. you know when when you're in their industry like you're having you know fun people in the industry yeah. I'm and sure like, you had your share of cocktails too and just oh yeah crazy nights and stuff like that. We've all been through that phase as well. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but I think, I think I may have had a ketogenic metabolism, um, at that point. And it's, it's interesting. I was talking to Keith Norris about this a little bit. I'm like, I I don't know if I ate anything that whole day, but I mean, then again, I don't have any memory of that day. Yep. Like I could have been in a like fasting ketogenic state and like my calories were coming from alcohol essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Which gets burned and immediately. So theoretically you were at least metabolically close to... Possibly. Yeah, this is a theory that you've come up with. This is a theory, yeah. And I, I, I'd like to explore it further. So yeah, if you have some, some brilliant biochemist people to introduce me to concerning this... 
Uh, I, I should well, have you, brought you this discovered the keto lifestyle. How, how did how did you find was was that through researching your mm. own options as part of the recovery process? So all right, let's rewind it. And all right, I'm I'm relearning things. I'm by the way, when I'm eating through a tube, yeah, what they feed people conventionally that are unable to eat conventionally, mm-hmm. the standard feed, the ingredients are corn syrup, soy protein isolate, corn maltodextrin, calcium caseinate, canola oil. So you did this research after the fact to say, yeah. oh, yeah. what the F were they pumping into yeah. through the tube? And you're like, oh man, yeah. that, that's like, not making the situation any better mm-hmm. at all. That's just like putting gas on the, on the fire. Right, and it's, and it's not. It's not one can recover from an inf- yeah. a highly inflammatory and traumatic injury. And based on what you know now, you're probably like, "Wow, I can't believe that that was the crap that got pumped into me." I can't believe I've I got as far as I've gotten. Honestly, like it's pretty nuts that that's that's what they're pumping in, and it's like I mean, it's not one candy bar either. This is breakfast, lunch, and dinner plus two extra meals because you know when you're eating nothing but sugar, you are constantly hungry. It's like throwing kindling wow. on the fire. So someone right? comes in with a brain injury of your severity, and that's the shit that's getting put into the body. If you could rewind the tape, you'd probably be like, man, go get me some like high-end, high-quality fats and proteins and vitamins and all of the other nutrients that, that my body needs to even have a fighting chance here. Well, so actually, like, yeah, that's a huge reason why I wrote How to Feed a Brain. So I basically am making resources that I wish I had. Yeah. And when it comes to the gastric feeds, like I, there is a section in that book talking about gastric feeds that outline exactly what I would do. I use with my clients. So essentially, it's meat, high quality fats and produce and bone broth, mm-hmm. like blended up in a high powered blender. Can we take and, that to every hospital nationwide yeah, right? and just have that as the, like the high octane that, that they use instead? Honestly, Dave, I'm, I'm working on, on finding a company to work with to provide these feeds. To productize that. Yes. Wow. Yes, man, because awesome. it needs to happen. That is incredible. Let yes. me know how I can help with that. That's yeah. Incredible. I mean, if, if anybody comes to mind or comes through, let me know. Okay. Additionally, I'm looking for companies. Well, if anybody's to listening too, to this yes. podcast and has contacts or connections or wants to support. I think that's an amazing cause. Yes. Yeah. Uh, contact me at hello at feedabrain.com. Cool. That'd be great. And so, and that's one aspect is the, the hospital nutrition. I mean, really, I'd like to revolutionize hospital nutrition Across in general. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. But like, we can all agree, like there's nobody on this planet, hopefully, that thinks giving people corn syrup for every single meal is appropriate, especially in a medical setting. Yeah. That's a head scratcher. Yeah. You know, you look at it, it's like, why would they do that? And the answer is pretty simple. There's there's money, money, money. So as I was recovering, I, I was at one point steered towards a nutritional protocol and I began to regain some clarity. Who steered you there? Um, So my aunt, started getting into functional medicine. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. And yes, hallelujah. And she says, she, she asked one of her colleagues, she said, hey, my nephew 
had a severe traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. Where should I take him? Yeah. And this this woman said, you know, I I know exactly if it was my if it was my uh, loved one, mm-hmm. I know exactly who I'd take him to. But he lives all the way in Austin, and my mother lives in Austin. And that's where I was going because I need to recover again. I couldn't. So you walk. were going to go from New York to recover with your mother in Austin, where the, where this expert happens to reside. Yes, Beautiful. exactly. Yes, it's like stars aligning. Divine intervention. Just, yes, exactly. So I, I'm seeing this guy, and and he's he says. Hey, I want you to change your diet. I want you to eat like this. You know, nutrition wasn't really on my radar mm-hmm. at all. In fact, I grew up in in uh, in Boulder, which is very like granola town. Like basically, the Boulder nutrition scene left a really bad taste in my mouth. Yep, because there was so many people up on high horses, like shaming kids and i don't know i just health nuts that's what we call them yeah because they're nutty and they're they're preachers it's like even worse but egotistical health nuts yes exactly the worst kind yeah so yeah so nutrition wasn't really on my radar but at the same time it was like you know what i'm i'm doing it um let's see if it works like basically i wasn't going to allow myself to look back on this period, this this period of rapid recovery, as they call it, the first two years is a period of rapid recovery, and they say one, then you plateau. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. That's not really true, or it doesn't need to be. From the same people feeding you the corn syrup, they said <laughs> so you're gonna plateau. So, forgive me if I'm skeptical, there, Doc. <laughs> So I was like, all right, I'm not taking this relatively short window and I'm not going to allow myself to look back mm-hmm. with any regrets. For sure. I think that's I'm gonna the do everything life I can. in general. Man. Yeah, for real. So I started implementing this this nutritional protocol. High um, fat? Was it high fat? No. No. It was it was a leaky gut protocol. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um it, and it introduced supplementation, marshmallow root extract, uh, glutamate, glutamine. Yes, different gut healing formulas, as well as some brain um, nutrients like alpha GPC and. Uh, so, can I jump in with a question there, Kevin? Yeah. So, in your research, this is a bit of a segue, but if you could just touch on it briefly for someone with traumatic brain injury. Obviously, there's, there's, there's a very dense collection of neurons in the gut as well that, that didn't necessarily sustain the physical damage, but there is, there is, there is communication channels there. So Bidirectional communication, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So do you think you had gut damage as a result? Absolutely. Wow. So here's, here's what happened. And it's very common with brain injury. Leaky gut is very common. A side effect. With brain injury. Yeah. Because what happens when you, when you scramble up your brain is it doesn't talk very well to your autonomic nervous system. Got it. So they call it dysautonomia. And if, if we're not communicating very well, then the intestines become permeable. So uh, is your audience familiar with leaky gut? Yeah, Grace was, uh, was our first guest on the yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Nice. 
Well, um, yeah. So if we have leaky gut, then whole food particles are entering the bloodstream undigested, which causes an immune response. And that immune response releases inflammatory cytokines, yep. which are small enough to cross the blood-brain barrier and inflame the brain. When the brain's inflamed. It's a disaster because you're trying to heal the brain. And then right. the food that you're eating is leaking back out and, and inflaming the, the, the exact organ that you're trying to heal. And the exact organ that's going to need to be in tight communication with the gut in order for healing to occur. So it's a vicious cycle because you inflame the brain and now the gut becomes more permeable. Yeah. That means more inflammation. So it's just this awful feedback loop. And exactly. So by the grace of God, you found someone who helped you with leaky gut. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Yes. And it was fantastic. And so I started regaining clarity and I was yeah. like, like nutrition matters. All right. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Also, what the hell happened? So I'm like jumping through into like medical records, emails, text messages. I'm like trying to piece together what the past year of my life was. And I ended up writing my, my blog, Adventures in Brain Injury, where I, on the year anniversary of each important event, I wrote about where I was the year prior or where I was told I was, you know, like from the information I gathered. And a year past doing that blog, at the same time that I'm researching all this, I'm also figuring out why nutrition is making such a big difference. Yep. So I'm like, wow, okay, this matters. So, so I, I get that the leaky gut is basically, um, well, here's the analogy. I say, many connections in my brain have been damaged. And I think of rebuilding those connections like building a bridge. Mm -hmm. What do you need to build a bridge? You need supplies, you need skilled workers. So supplies would be the nutrition, the brain-building nutrition. Additionally, it would be getting that nutrition to the uh, construction site, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure digestion is working. Otherwise, we're not making the delivery. Yep. And then the skilled workers would be the therapy, the targeted therapy, the right kind of therapy, and the mindset. We need to, we need to be motivated. We need to feel like doing what needs to be done in order to encourage those connections to be built. That's a really huge point. There's, there's a lot of people who could be given the right modalities, but, but don't even believe in their heart that mm -hmm. they can beat the diagnosis or that they have these other options or that they can get where they want to. Where they want to. So, that, yeah, the, the mental state is such mm -hmm. an important point. It really is. And... Uh, um, thinking about like what do we where do you find that that state and that's what i've really been exploring a lot recently yeah it's a powerful topic yeah which is yeah, i mean i'm actually teaching or i'm part of a an all-day workshop happening on saturday in austin my presentation is called powerful growth from the rubble mm -hmm. mastering your attention because what it comes down to is your attention, where your attention is, is paid. And it's funny, we say pay attention because your attention is like the most valuable resource you have. And you only have so much in the day, right? Yes. No matter who you are. Yep. You only have so much attention. And our attention spans are on an un, under an unrelenting assault. <laughs> Thank you. It's so from, true. 
from from every form of status notification and ping and ring and ding. It's like I had to go in and turn off every freaking notification on my iPhone because, like, I'm just sitting there and like it would draw my attention away. Right. So right. that's on a on a micro level, but I think yes. at a macro level. But no, but a, I, a scarce resource is is what you're I think getting at. And I'll tell you, it's not like. I wouldn't call it a micro level. It's like a personalized, like in your pocket, plus the internet's like tracking your behavior and like, yeah. see like what gets your attention specifically. Yeah. And like, it's this whole science of how to get people's attention. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like what you're saying with the notifications and, and things of that sort, as I was recovering, I was so reactive to things like, yeah. I remember that that time period, like I would just be so glued to things that would give me like a dopamine rush or whatever. Sure. And it's just so self-regulation. So that self-regulation muscle, I guess, was right. restored. Yeah, and that was a difficult one to restore. Yeah. I mean, I used to bartend on the Lurie side, like right across from Tompkins Square Park, where heroin addicts would come into my bar and I didn't have a bouncer. Mm-hmm. And and they would they would be pretty nasty sometimes, and I'd be like, just play it really cool, you know, and and deal with the scenario. Like, use this to deal with the scenario. Like, you can't freak out. Your limbic system can't take over that. Absolutely not. So um, we're bouncing around. Where were we? Well, I think you were you were you started on Pele. You started working on the gut. You started working on your mindset which is a huge component of this. I'd, I'd like to know how you slowly major progressed from, from that point as you started. You, the nutrition, I think, was the first, it sounds like. I got where we were. I was talking about the analogy, the bridge analogy. Yep. All right. So we can, we can you know, you need supplies, you need skilled workers. Supplies and nutrition, skilled workers is therapy, targeted therapy, and yep. mindset, and motivation. So we, we can do all the therapy, the best therapy, the like most targeted, you know, like physical exact, therapy, cognitive therapy, what kinds of therapy? All of the above. Yeah. So, so, you're, so you're, you're receiving this treatment as well as part of your healing. So yeah, I, I was seeing a functional neurologist mm-hmm. who's fantastic and I'm a huge fan of functional neurology. And if you're over there like, what's functional neurology? Head over to my my podcast, adventuresinbraininjury.com, where I interview a bunch of really great functional neurologists. Yep. And, you know, this stuff is so cool because essentially this is the new model of neurorehabilitation, or it's a piece of the new model. Like, you know, some of the clients I work with, are international and they Google and they're like, what's the best neurorehabilitation clinic in the world? They get places that are based on the old model, but this newer model is using what we know about the brain, finding pathways, affecting those pathways, like assessing what parts of the brain are functioning, what parts need stimulation, and then finding pathways in and doing targeted therapy to bring people back that are, you know, like this, for example, and getting their motion back, right? One thing I know about brain injury is that even if there's physical damage 
to a region in the brain. The brain has the ability to basically redirect the traffic around a physically damaged area. That doesn't happen easily, and it doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't happen for the people who don't have the resolve. But is that part of it? Is understanding that that's even possible? And then implementing that, a strategy for that? Yes. So bringing it back, when I started getting better, nutrition matters, all right, why? And then like learning why nutrition mattered, and then, all right, what can I do to optimize my recovery, optimize my brain function? And all right, so I began learning about neuroplasticity, yep. which is what we're talking about. It's uh, essentially that's the uh, brain's ability to adapt and to change. So learning about neuroplasticity, implementing different strategies to affect neuroplastic change um, to my brain so that I could regain some abilities, you know. And um, a couple questions, Kevin. So, um, if I may, sorry for interrupting. No worries. Did you have areas that were that had sustained physical damage that you had to essentially start working around? That was my first question. And then on functional neurology, I don't know anything about it, but I do know functional medicine, and that mm-hmm. is something that's not covered by your insurance. You just don't go to the GP and get functional medicine. So, is it similar where the functional neurology is is outside of the conventional system? Yeah, absolutely. So you're, yes. you're paying cash basically for that. Right. Got it. Right. Okay, thanks. And yes, there certainly was physical damage to my brain. Yep. Quite a bit. I actually recently had my brain scanned mm-hmm. with high-definition fiber tracking okay. from the University of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Or sorry. Yeah. And it was it's such cool technology. I mean, like, this My is beyond brain. fMRI. This is like next yeah, level. way beyond. This is beyond DTI, which yeah. is which is really detailed three-dimensional images of the brain. Mm-hmm. So this is similar, but it's high definition. So it breaks down the neurons and the axons into like 2.4 millimeter cubed voxels. What's the technique called? Say it one it's more time. Called, it's called... Uh, High definition fiber tracking. Got it. Okay. So yeah. yeah, that's a technique I wasn't aware of. So for yeah. listening, that that's some that's something that's available. Is I it's guess the really state cool. of the art, correct? Yeah. Check check with the University of Pittsburgh. Cool. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I I had my brain scanned with that, and this is what's really cool. So they scanned it, um, and let's see, October two thousand sixteen. And they scanned it again in uh, June of 2017. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the lead um, MD neurosurgeon, PhD. This guy's brilliant. His name's Dr. David Okongwo. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And um, he's like, so I want, I want you to know that we scanned your brain before and we saw many areas that were out of out of the range of normal right way out of the range of normal we scanned again and there are several places where that those rain those areas that were way out of the range of normal are back in the range of normal yeah i'm like that's cool yeah huge progress cool so there's there's structural um evidence there's, there's true evidence of structural changes in the brain um, 
from the therapies that I was doing, yep. um, which was namely functional neurology yep. and neurooptometry. Yep. So how did you start to move more towards a low-carb ketogenic approach? So, uh, you know, I, I was steered towards nutrition. I've, I'm really learning how to walk, but yep. I have the internet. And so I'm like studying all sorts of things. I'm reaching out to practitioners all across the globe. And this one, um, I, I found this doctor, Dr. Alex Vasquez, who is the most accomplished uh, professional like in this field I've ever Alex Vasquez. Dr. Alex Dr. Vasquez. Alex Vasquez. Okay. He's a doctor of osteopathic medicine, doctor of naturopathic medicine, doctor of chiropractic medicine. So a beast. Yeah, triple threat. Yeah. He's he's written over 120 articles in peer-reviewed journals. Yeah. He's written 20 textbooks. Not 20 books, 20 textbooks. Yeah. Like yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. A, and then, anyways, like he he was also an adjunct professor at Bastyr University. Yep. He made um extra course materials for his students. Like he would record a video, put it on YouTube for his students. Mm -hmm. But when you post something on YouTube, you can check public, private, or unlisted. Mm -hmm. And he checked public, which meant that I could I could watch some of these. Was videos. that a mistake? By on that video, or I don't know. I don't or know. Yeah, <laughs> but I, uh, I either way. I was I was learning like so it was meant for his students. He's he's speaking to his audience of students. Maybe, right. maybe he kept other videos unlisted and just shared the link. But but yeah. you happened to stumble on this one. Yeah, cool. And and I I ended up just learning so much from him. Right. Yeah. So I reached out to him at one point to thank him for the online resources that he made available, and he wrote back to me. And I told him a little bit about my story. I showed him my blog and he was like, wow, Kevin, you know, we, the International Conference on Human Nutrition and Functional Medicine is coming up very soon. And we have an entire day dedicated to the brain. Mm -hmm. Said, you should come. And, you know, it's for medical students and medical practitioners. And I'm neither of those things. Yep. But clearly, I need to go. Yep. Right. So um, I got on a plane for the first time. There were some vestibular issues with that, but I end up I end up there. And on on the brain day, Doctor Vasquez says he says, "Hey, I'm gonna grab a cup of coffee. You want to come?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I want to come." Yeah. And so we're grabbing coffee, and he says, Total "Man crush at this point, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah." <laughs> You're kind of a hero of mine. Yeah, exactly. Um, so while we're grabbing coffee, he says, so Kevin, what was the number one most effective therapy you did for your brain after your injury? And I said, honestly, Alex, healing my gut. And he and we started talking about the gut-brain axis. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and he says, you know, we need you on stage. Wow, man. How do you feel about being on stage in about 20 minutes? Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> So the next thing I knew, I was up there, and That's actually, I just got a comment about that um, yeah. from from somebody who who's there. It was like, yeah, I remember Kevin. I I heard him speak at the international conference. Is this video online anywhere by chance? No, I don't think it is. And, and apparently, Doctor Vasquez is like, yeah, it was it was 
kind of slow. I mean, I, I was, it was impromptu. I was still pretty freshly brain damaged yeah. and, uh, and you're coming through that. And Vasquez but it was, up on the stage. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. But also at that conference, see, at that point, after I, I gave this impromptu speech where basically I talked about the bridge analogy yep. that I told you. And Dr. Vasquez came up, said a couple words and uh, about like how, how important it is to have a patient perspective. And then the crowd kept, started clapping. And I, I, I remember looking over that, and that's where some shifted in me. I can influence a change. Wow, that's incredible, man, because that's the moment where you, you see the purpose. In, in You got it. That's incredible. You got it. That, wow. that's You said it exactly. That's the moment where you find that purpose. And then the true north is just there. And it's like, you just know the direction you're in. You say that, dude. Yeah, that's incredible. So interestingly, like at that, at that conference, I had heard of ketogenic metabolism um, and ketogenic diet. No, not even ketogenic diet. I've heard, heard of ketogenic metabolism through like my studies. But then, then while I was there, I was like, hey, Dr. V, what is the number one like, what is the best diet for someone like me to be on? What do you, and he says, you know, honestly, I think the best for cognition and for the brain is a ketogenic diet. And he's like, I, I ain't doing that, but, <laughs> but yeah, ketogenic. And I'm like, okay, interesting. And then I actually ran into Norga Gaudis yeah. um, at that, at that conference as well. And she talked about the ketogenic diet a little bit. She also was telling me about neurofeedback and some other things, which I actually never really implemented, yep. the uh, neurofeedback. Yep. I, um, I haven't really dabbled with that much either. Yeah. I've come across it quite a bit, but very little experience testing, mm -hmm. testing that stuff. I'd like yeah. to try it. I do yeah. a lot of meditation and, and things of that nature, totally. but I've never done the, uh, the feedback training. Right, right. Yeah, you need like really solid EEG sensors and whatnot. Yep. It's expensive equipment. It is. And all that. Uh, especially if you get the dry caps, which are great. So yeah, and then, so North talked about keto. Dr. V talked about keto. I was like, all right, you got my attention. All right. And so keto was on my radar. But of course, this is in like 2000. 13 yep. and there was still lots of fat phobia yep like the fat phobia was in full effect right yep. and and so i tiptoed into it you know which which is a good way to do it because we're switching your metabolism you yep. know and some people aren't ready for a huge shift and like oh we're going from sugar to fat and you've never done this before but <laughs> we're gonna make you well, that's right around the same time I, I started dabbling with it, maybe oh, yeah. a little bit before that. I just stumbled on the Bulletproof Executive Podcast nice. back in 2011, 2012, when it was still really kind of obscure. And right. I remember Asprey saying, you know, he, he, he's recommending 80% of your calories from fat, which I thought was insane. But, you know, sure enough, I tried it and had some really good results. But you're right. It's, it, there's definitely not the level of awareness that there is now. So you approached it with trepidation, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And then I began more and more and more 
uh, like as I was researching, I'm like, you know what, this is fine. And uh, I, I remember at one point I, I put like enormous amount of butter in my coffee or my tea. Mom was like, that's too much. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a ketogenic metabolism. And she's, and she knows that I've been, I've been steering my recovery. I, I, I steered my recovery, you know, weighing the risks and unknowns versus possible benefits. Like, but as soon as I regained some clarity, like then I was, I was in the driver's seat doing yep. that. And I'm like, and, and she, she knew that I was researching, like my life depended on it because it did. Right. Yep. So I was like, you know, no, I'm doing this ketogenic diet. It's helpful. And she's, she's like, okay, just be careful. Yep. And I remember, and, uh, remember that. Be careful. So did you, did you see a significant up level? Cause you were already on what was probably a pretty clean paleo template from the gut rehabilitation protocol. And now you take it up a level. So, um, I mean, I remember the first time I got into a, a decent level of ketosis, I felt like Superman. Mm. So did you notice it right away? Did it take some time? Definitely took some time. Yeah, and the way the way I I move into things, I just let them happen, you know. Yeah. Just like what what I feel like doing, that's what I do. Like I I know I'm moving in this direction, but I'm not going to push myself too hard doing it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, not I I I'm way more comfortable pushing myself harder than I was then. Yeah, but I mean, essentially. I slogged through many different dietary protocols, even aside from the micronutrient thing, because that's the thing. We have so much information bombarded like at us, right? And it's it's hard to just sift through and just be like, you know what? I'm going with this. This looks good. Going to do this for a while. See what happens, right? And I think that's really what needs to happen. But especially that's, that's part when of why I do what I do with heads up health, which is like, yes, I, I don't really don't give a shit what you do. If, as long as you're tracking things and your numbers are getting better and, and you're a hundred percent certain that your health is improving. And then you can just cut through the noise and just say, I'm going to try this. I'm going to let the data tell me whether it works for me or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, similar philosophy. It's like, I'm going to go with this and try it and see if I get an outcome. That's perfect. Yeah. Exactly. But when you're like brain fog and uh, kind of just like low level fog, like I was, yeah. um, it's, it's hard. And, it's, and executive. The noise. it's hard. It's hard to sift through the noise when you don't have brain fog. You get exactly. 30 different opinions coming at you. You can't kind of deal with that with brain, with brain fog. And then we were talking about the attention snags, yeah. you know, yeah. Everything's grabbing at our attention. So everything is 10x harder. And if we're not really good at like turning off the distractions yeah. and, and being able to focus our attention, yeah. it really, it's, it's really impossible to like stick to something. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was kind of all over the map, like slogging through different things and seeing what worked with it. ADD and then like also, yes. this, this recovery protocol. So man, yeah. Yeah. yeah I can imagine. Well, you, you look amazing now. Thank you. you. You've got the instruments behind you. P- tell me that you're playing music again. I am. I am. Yes. I don't play like I used to. That's like okay, I, man. It's good I, for the soul, no matter it. how you're playing it. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. You, you know, at one point I was like, you know, I, I can't play like I used to. Like, I used to play like, you know, sweeping like metal riffs. And yeah. now I play drunken cowboy songs. Well, I don't play totally anything. cool because yeah, I, I love drunken cowboy songs. So. Yeah. Well, you're, you're ahead of me on that one, man. I actually just went out and bought my first musical instrument. Oh, yeah? What'd you buy? I bought a ukulele. Yeah, I've never I've never strung a chord of music. I don't know how to read music, but I know it's something that I want in my life. So I went to I'm in Truckee, California. It's a small town, but mm-hmm. there's a music store. So I, I bought my first instrument. Actually, on my to do list today is to go sign up and get 10 lessons just to like take a total noob from like zero. I won't even say to 60. Just get me to like five miles an hour. Yeah, and, and then I'll go from there. But I'm I'm glad that you're back into into doing the things that you love, especially that music was a huge part of my recovery. That's amazing, man. It was a big part of like like essentially, you know. Again, I was breathing through a tube. My left hand was totally like this. I couldn't I couldn't talk. And so as soon as I as soon they basically they put a braces that would ri- raise my wrist bit by bit. Yeah. Tiny bit over like months. Yeah. You know, and essentially as soon as I could wrap it around a guitar, that's what I did. And well, I'm going to go under like my throat yeah. surgery. Yeah. I and I could talk. Yeah. I tried to sing. That's beautiful. And that that's as soon as you could physically get your hand on a guitar. Yes. So that was a huge part of your recovery is just absolutely just getting back to doing things that feed you and that you love and and putting your hand on a musical instrument. So I'm I'm gonna go on the record here, Kevin, and say when when we do our next show, I want to jam out with you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) On the show, I'll have my ukulele. I'm not gonna be very good, but you can carry me. How about that? I don't think it works with uh, with the delay and whatnot. Even but, if we uh, just strung a few chords, we, can, we, we just to be like, "Yes, we we got here and we did this thing." Yeah, we'll we'll do it just to do it. Let's yeah, do we'll it. find some way to make that happen, man. Yeah. So you 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 shared a ton here about your journey. You've talked about healing the gut as as the first step. You've talked about functional neurology, which is something a lot of people who are yeah seeking information can probably benefit from mm-hmm. talked about some of the people that were inspirational for you on your journey nora dr vasquez how you got to the ketogenic diet music as part of recovery uh, just music in general playing music listening to music for the brain i think is is amazing for everybody so any other uh, parting thoughts here, Kevin, before we wrap up? I know we're going to be speaking together at a, at a, in a couple months in, in your hometown, which coming to Austin in, in June is going to be amazing. It's summertime down there. So no, now we have the personal connection. So you get to see nice. you in person, shake your nice. hands. Yeah. So, and, and you publish a ton of resources that, so could you share where you publish your resources? Well, the first thing I just published my new book. Okay. It's called How to Feed a Brain, and I have a copy, but I'd have to go and grab it. Yep. Um, so How to Feed a Brain, you can find it at feedabrain.com. Yep. So don't, find- don't put sugar and garbage and crap. <laughs> in, yeah, don't throw in, that in your gas. Don't, don't put that in the gastro tube on, that's, on day that's, one. Yeah. 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 There's, there's many other pearls in there, but that's one of them. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, how to feed your brain, yeah. feedyourbrain.com. Cool. We also launched the Feed Your Brain interview series mm-hmm. where I got to interview some of the top brain and nutrition experts of our time, Dr. David Perlmutter, mm-hmm. Dr. Dati Skrazian, Dr. Tara Walls, Norga Gaudas, Jessica Flanagan. All on the topic of brain recovery, which is brain a yeah. goldmine for people who are just starting to do their homework on this. It really is. Have a it loved really. one who maybe they can't eat, loved one can't even do the research because of injury and brain fog and all the other things. So this is the other thing though. This is about brain function. Yeah. Like you no no injury required. Just optimization in general. Yes. So the Got name it. of the book is How to Feed a Brain. Cool. Nutrition for Optimal Brain Function. Yep. And repair. Got it. So optimal brain function. Function. Let's yeah. that's that's first and foremost because that's exactly what we're doing. What I did Yep. To optimize my recovery was optimize my function. Get that. Um, You've got your own podcast going. I do. Where you interview experts around the world on this topic. Yes. So that's the Adventures in Brain Injury podcast. Yep. And yeah, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, all that. Yep. Adventuresinbraininjury.com as yep. well. And all of this can be found through feedabrain.com. So yep. no need to like go looking for everything. Well, we are happy to support your mission any way we can, Kevin. Awesome. It's been yeah. And with you. follow me on social media at Feederbrain on everything. Cool. All right, brother. Well, it's been a wonderful conversation, and uh, we will catch up in person in a couple months, and I'm really glad we did this. Thank you for your time. We're grateful. Likewise. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Data Driven Health Radio. 